0: In this, that I'm really looking forward uh, to this week, because this Mishnah I have it, I have it written down here is a particularly complex. Now I'm going to pass. I have it. Um, I have two different sheets, um, and it's all the same words. So there's only one difference in it that in uh, in this edition of the page, uh, it's broken up into five separate statements, while here it's broken up into four se- four separate statements. So I want to get one of each because, well, well. originally i I had thought there were four different statements. Now I'm saying now I'm thinking maybe there are five distinct statements. But let's we'll, we'll read it we'll read it, we'll read it, we'll read it uh, together, and uh, we're going to ask ourselves, okay, what's the lesson? What are we What are we trying to say? Because it's, it's a particularly cryptic uh, statement, and it's going to be fun, exhilarating to try to decipher and build one cohesive idea or several oh, cohesive, ide- cohesive ideas from this Mishnah. So the, the structure of Peter again um, for Joel and Louise, the structure of, uh, of, of this book is that you have the rabbis of that time. rabbis of, of 500 years from the year 300 before the Common Era from times of the Greeks. We met someone that taught to Alexander the Great, right? Shema the Righteous. He was, he was the author of our discussion last week in chapter one, verse, uh, chapter one Mishnah two, and uh, in, in in this uh, this current Mishnah is we're talking someone in the Roman, under the Roman Empire. Think about the year one hundred of the Common Era. So we have basically um, uh, le- Jewish Jewish leaders from three hundred before the Common Era to two hundred of the Common Era, five hundred years, and their statements that they said. And you'd have the beginning of Mishnah saying he would say, and and uh, or Rabbi X would say the following. And in our in our Mishnah, our, our Mishnah that we, we're doing today, it's chapter two, Mishnah four, and uh, it's, it starts off with he used to say. Why does it say he used to say? It doesn't tell us who he is mm-hmm. because he was the author of the previous Mishnah, and he said many things. And those things were broken down into separate into separate mishnas, into separate into separate ideas and separate nuggets. And and obviously that's because the these separate ideas had uh, a a different themes. So they're broken up to separate mishnas, which is like, like like I mentioned part of the part of the fun of deciphering these mishnas is to understand what the common theme is with all these different ideas. Am I speaking too quickly? I, I did drive like a minute, like I mentioned <laughs> to get here. <laughs> Okay, so this, uh, the he used to say, who's he? He is Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel was one of the last of the Nassim. Nassim is like, it means like the, the word Nassim in Hebrew is a term used for a president. So if you listen to the Israeli news, they will say Hanasi Obama, President Obama, or Hanasi Perez, who is Shimon Perez, who is the president of Israel. Mm. The word Nassim. And and it, in the book, a Jewish community used to be centralized and have central authority. And there was a president of the Jewish community. Even during times where Israel was not in Jewish, under Jewish sovereignty, even times where, where Israel was not Jewish, many years it was. But the Greeks, and then the Greeks were bounced out. We know the, Hanuk- the Hanukkah story, right? So there was like 99 years of Hasmonean rule. And then the Romans came, and the Romans had their puppets, right? You know, think of of Hera the Great, right? I yeah, think of um, you know so that, that those were times where the Romans had dominion over Israel. Um, but is but the Jews in Israel still had a president. President you spell it? Nasi in Hebrew. Well, uh, if you spell it in yeah. probably N A okay. S I. S I Nasi. 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 Um, so Central authority was, was the, the and was, was, like, there was There was like the president and the head of the court, like the, the head of the Supreme Court. So that's a central authority, which was, um, which was disbanded uh, roughly at the year 200. So this is just a macro idea to know that, uh, you know, up to 1,800 years ago, the Jewish community, uh, especially in Israel... Uh, there was a president of the community. He was like the official spokesman. They went to Rome to represent the Jews. Oof. And there's stories in the Talmud, fascinating stuff, where you know the the president of 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 the Jews in Israel, uh, even though they were subservient to the, to the Roman masters, but they had someone that represented this, them. And this
1: happened 200. Two
0: hundred. Yes. Yes. Two
1: hundred. I don't 200 understand. The, the, the temple fell in seventy two. You
0: no, know, either 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 seventy or sixty eight. So of the, the common era, right? There, and
1: then there was a big uprising,
0: like a hundred right, the great revolt, the great revolt the of 67, the Just scattered us. The great revolt of 67, and then you have the Bar Kochba revolt of 132. Okay. Uh, hmm. and um, uh, and progressively it got worse, it got a little better, uh, at the end of the second century. Uh-huh. Um, but then it was just downhill from then, and but there
1: was so there was still a Jewish core.
0: Yes, yes. It was always the, the, Jewish, the Jewish center, I mean, the epicenter of, of the Jewish, uh, uh, you know, of the Jewish conscience was always Jerusalem, the temple. The uh, temple was destroyed, but even before the temple was destroyed, the, 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 the Sanhedrin, if you've heard that term, Sanhedrin is the, the great court, the supreme court of the Jewish people, which the Abedin, which, which is the, the leader of the, of the supreme court, was one of the two uh, leaders of the Jewish people along with the Nasi, with the president, that had already moved from Jerusalem out to Yavne. you've heard the term Yavne, they, they, they spent many years um, in different parts of Israel, uh, not in Jerusalem. And we know that after the, after the temple destroyed it either in either 68 or 70, depends which scholar you ask, uh, the Jews weren't in Jerusalem at all. The first Yudngrat the first city in, in, in the world was Jerusalem. And the Romans bounced all the Jews out. And, and they built a, you know, a temple for Zeus, right or Jupiter, whatever, and, uh, and there was no Jews in, in, in Jerusalem for hundreds of years. So the, the Jewish activity that happened uh, after the temple was destroyed in Israel was primarily in the north, in the Galilee, in the areas like Tiberias. If you hear the term Jerusalem Talmud, if you ever heard that, uh, it was a, a, a group of books written in the fourth century of the Common Era. And you could ask someone... Uh, an unsuspecting uh, Jew would say, Where was the Jerusalem Talmud written? Where were the, What would they say? Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Talmud written in Jerusalem. Uh uh-uh. uh. No Jews were living in Jerusalem in the, the fourth century.
2: There was no Jews.
0: It was written in Tiberias.
2: We should go to Tiberias. <laughs>
0: yes. So um, the majority of the Jewish activity, like I said, post was, was in the north. Obviously, we, we know that there was in, in the Masada, down south, right? But near the Dead Sea was also, uh, there was, a, you know, the holdout. Everyone knows that story. Um, that's that's in the Bar Kokhba revolt, right? You know, because in the year 132 of the Common Era, I don't know what this we that just, we, just, we went on a divergent path to talk about history. But in 132, during the Bar Kokhba revolt, they actually bounced the Romans out. It means there were three years in, in the Roman occupation, which is unprecedented. In, in, in the 400 years of, of Roman uh, domination of, of the civilized world, the Jews actually had sovereignty over Israel for three years, from 132 to 135, so after the Bar Kokhba revolt. Two questions.
3: So, why is there any dispute with the Palestinians?
0: There isn't. There isn't. Well, as far as we're as far as <laughs> as <far> as
3: <laughs> <laughs> concerned, Yes.
0: Yeah, because they say there's, just like they say, oh, there was but, no temple, but, there was no, there was no Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how can you dispute the dispute the Holocaust? It's, it's only seventy years or eighty years or whatever. How can you dispute that? Because you just say dispute. Okay. You know? Second
3: question: um, Was the president democratically elected?
0: Um, no, no. It was, it was, it uh, was, it was, it was a, it was a meritocracy. So, okay. it was, uh, so, so like the by Supreme Court, the Supreme, president. the Supreme Court. Um, mm-hmm. The Supreme Court uh, was based on merit on, sto- uh, on uh, scholars, and the presidency was also based on merit. But also, it had you had to be part of the family, the royal family, mm-hmm. the monarchy, okay. uh, which started with Hillel. You know, mm-hmm. all these uh, presidents are all descendants of Hillel.
4: Mm-hmm. Was it the time of the Bar Kokhba Revolt when they when they lost after the three years when they lost when Rabbi Yohanan ben Sakai Escaped, or was that? Or no, that was, that that was during was that was
0: during the great the great revolt of sixty seven. Okay. Yes, because the story of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was before the destruction of the temple. Okay, I guess, yeah. Okay,
4: so he escaped so he can carry on rabbinic Judaism without the temple.
0: Well, well, exactly, and he was the one who relocated the Sanhedrin. Like we said, the Sanhedrin was was based in Israel, and he saw in, in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and he saw that uh, he had the you know the foresight to understand that Jerusalem, you know, uh, the, there's there's too much infighting. To, I mean, there's a long story behind it. There's infighting and there's, you know, um, turmoil amongst the different factions of Jews in Jerusalem that it would not be sustainable, for the future, you know, for the long term. They're going to, you know, incite the Romans like they did. They incited the Romans and the Romans were going to destroy. And the second you destroy the central authority, um, the Jews as a whole are going to have a really hard time... Uh, perpetuating or sustaining themselves as a people. So he had the foresight to ask um, for permission to move the Sanhedrin to Yavne, right? To have central central Jewish authority. And uh, we're, 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 how is this relevant? I don't
2: even remember. Well, I, I
1: raised that only because I, when you mentioned that the Jews were still in Israel for I think for 200 AD or whatever, just trying to figure out know well, the Romans kicked us
0: out of Jerusalem but the Ro- but
1: they didn't kick us out of war, the, Ro- so. the
0: Romans didn't do that what the Romans did is they came right we know they you know they, they, they who that famous line right they came they captured mm-hmm. um, but that's what they did they came and if you're if you if you're if you're if you, if, if you behaved and you right. adopted their culture right. they were very happy with you and they and they always appointed like these these puppet yeah. puppet you know puppet uh, leaders mm-hmm. from the 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 um, uh, from the indigenous people to lead, like, you know, to lead as a puppet. And, and if you're fine, if you adopt if you adopt Roman culture and you embrace, you know, embrace the Roman ideals and you don't, you don't misbehave, you have no revolts. Great. They, you know, they, that, that's what, that's all they wanted. Um, in, in, because the Jews were always revolting, the Jews revolted more than any other people, uh, under Roman occupation, the Jews were treated differently. And that's why, um, in general, the Romans when they when they beat you, they beat you really really bad. They were brutal. They were brutal. Um, their their military tactics were, were the were the worst. They destroyed without you know, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't exactly it was
3: indiscriminate. It was just
0: yeah, take absolute take destruction. Prisoners, mm-hmm. absolute. Uh, well, they would take prisoners. Well, but,
1: and we know, that,
0: we know yeah. that we know that the great uh, the great historian Josephus. He writes that during the time of the Great Revolt, the Romans had taken so many Jewish prisoners and brought them and sold them on the slave market that, that the supply and demand, there was so much supply of slaves, that the price of a slave just plummeted. And the price of a slave was equal to that of a horse. That's what he writes. The Price of a slave had just because there were just the market was just flooded with Jewish slaves.
2: So when the Jews were in, in Jerusalem, before they left, were they the majority population, minority population,
0: in while, well, in Jerusalem? Yeah. Well, Jerusalem was a Jewish city. Jerusalem had the, had the temple. Yeah. It was. Uh, were they were they a majority in in Israel? And what is what is Israel today? I think so. Another question. They oh there were always non Jews there as well. Yeah. At at every point in time. Um, were they a majority? Well, they had sovereignty for hundreds of years before before the before the Greeks. It means they had they they owned the land. They, they, they were the bosses. The Greeks came. They occupied for many hundreds of years uh, with with the um, you know with the Hasmonean um, revolt. You know of, of about a hundred years, and then you have the Romans came. They and they conquered. And besides, for a few you know a few times where. Um, like we said, one hundred thirty-two to one hundred thirty-five, it was not uh, it was not occupied uh, by uh, by Jew. It wasn't it, the Jews didn't have sovereignty.
4: What was it? It's such an attraction to that part of the world.
0: Well, the think to think of it. It's it's well, the Romans, the Romans the Romans the Romans conquered everything. Yeah, they conquered everything.
2: The it's, entire it's the tra- trade yeah. route. Yeah. And, a it's, trade group. Group.
0: Yeah. and it's, it's, it's a trade route, exactly. It's, it's a center it's, point, it's a nexus. Center point,
2: right? Mm. Both land and sea. Yeah,
0: yeah but uh, um, as to the Palestinian issue, it's 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 very easy to say to people who don't know anything, who've never read history, you know, we have documented history. Mm-hmm. How many years of documented history do we have? Not that many. And think of it, the oldest one that we have is probably the Torah, maybe the Hammurabi Code, but that's not really a narrative of any sort. Um, that's only, what, 3,000 years old. But we have documentation, we have we have the Rome, all the Romans talk about, talk about it. We have Tons of 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 of, uh, of archaeological evidence to sh- to show to show that the the Jews were there and the temple was there, yeah. but you just say, "Oh, well, there was never a temple here." Of course not, right? Just as easily as you say, "Oh, it was actually um, Abraham actually did the binding of Ishmael." Mm. You know, when you know it's it's just blatant plagiarism, especially because it's you know fifteen hundred years after the original book was written. So yes, it's it's. It's very easy if you have the uneducated masses to delude them into believing what yeah, you want I, to believe. Just making a quick point. Where, <laughs> was that was that your about, question? Yeah,
1: the, the, you were talking about facts. It's always hit me. We went we, had a, we went to a trip in Ro, to Rome, and it was an
0: arch. Arch of Titus. It was
1: in concrete, and in that was a picture of the Romans destroying the temple and carrying out.
0: Yes, Jewish the, uh, the ornaments the, okay. yeah the Arch of Titus and I looked at that and said
1: well mm-hmm. I wanted to deny how history right the Romans are putting in this on the arch saying but, oh we took victory here. what the
0: Romans and... did was every time there was a great um, a military mm-hmm. victory so the head of that or the general who was in charge of that of that of that area they would make an arch in Rome you know with a, depicting you know the victory and, and bringing back all the spoils and there's the famous picture the Arch of Titus. Titus was the was the general, um, right? The son of Vespasian, who became his father was originally the general. Vespasian became emperor, and his son Titus became became the the general who, who and he was the one who ultimately destroyed the temple. And in Rome to this day, there's an arch called the Arch of Titus, yeah. and there's a famous depiction of them carrying what looks like the menorah. Right. Mm-hmm. The menorah is is, is 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 one of the vessels in the temple. I have a
2: picture of
0: Yeah. The problem is is that I don't want to get sidetracked any more than we have got sidetracked. Even though mm-hmm. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is is that that most certainly is not the actual menorah. And if you want to read up on this, you could you you'll find that uh, there's actually on that 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 might have been like a like a you know like a facsimile one right. like a fake one because they say that there's some images like images of you know idol worship images that most certainly would not be on a temple you know, on a temple a menorah So maybe they switched the menorahs or maybe they were backup menorahs or maybe that was something else but but yes many people think oh that uh, in in the Vatican is where the menorah is they have the menorah the actual menorah that was used in temples in the Vatican uh, you know in their secret uh, one of the
3: catacombs Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So uh, that gives us a little bit of a historical background of who we're talking about. We know that uh, Jewish people, even when they're under Roman um, Roman uh, control, they had leadership. Leadership of, of the Nasi, of the president, of the Abedin, the head of the court. Just like in Babylon, in Iraq, where the majority of Jews were living at that time, they had something called a Resh DeLusa. De means the head of the diaspora. The head of the Galut, the exile. Head of the, right? Was also a, a political figure who was also a tremendous Torah scholar who was the representative for the for the Jews who were living under 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 the control of, of uh, the Persians in that in, in that case. Anyhow, so this is this is Robert So he was the president, and he would say as follows: <clears throat> What would he say? So he said uh, two statements. He used to say, make his will as your will, so that he may make your will as his will. Hmm, what does that mean? Make his will your will, and he'll make your will his will. So who's, who's he? Make his will. Whose will is his?
1: God's will. Sounds like God, God.
0: Sounds like God right? Yeah. Okay, so let's make make God's will your will, so that he may make your will as his will. It seems like, like like it seems the basic understanding is that if you do what God wants to do means if I I say what God wants I'm gonna make it what I want, then what I want God's gonna make it what He wants. And if I want to have prosperity and I want to have health and I want to have a family and I want to have all the good things, and I want to make sure that God who holds the key to those things He also wants those things to happen. He also wants that I should have prosperity. I should have Happiness. I should have good health and I should have, you know, uh, you know, uh, all the things that we all want. So it's like uh, if you do it's this is the most simple understanding. All the commentaries uh, say what they say and we'll try to dig a little deeper. But the basic understanding is that if you do what the Almighty wants, means if you adopt the Almighty's will as your platform, um, what he's going to do is say what's important to you is important to me. Okay that's that that's a very interesting idea. I we'll try digging in it a little bit deeper uh, as we go uh, you know as we go forward. What's the second idea? Set aside your will in the face of his will. So that he may set, a, set aside the will of others before your will. Once again, who is he in this statement? Sounds like God, Mm -hmm. right? So set aside my will, your will, right? In the face of his will. Whose will? In the face of God's will. I.e., if I want to do something, but it comes in conflict with what God wants. So I set aside what I want, and I say what God wants is more important. Mm -hmm. So that he may set aside the will of others before your will. I.e., that I will be able to do things and not be obstructed by what other people want. Sometimes we are limited because other people place limitations on us. Now, God has the ability to not only give us prosperity, happiness, health, and all the good things we want in life, but also to make sure that we're not obstructed by other people. And the things that we want to accomplish in life, we could do it without without being obstructed by other people. So God says, if you set aside what you want to do in, 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 in the face of what I want you to do, I e if there is a conflict of, w- of what I want you, want you to do and what you want to do, you say you say what God wants is more important. Mm-hmm. Then I am going to uh, likewise. I am going to likewise uh, assure that when other people are standing in the way of what you want to accomplish, their will will be set aside, and what you want to accomplish will be able to go on. that makes sense. Yes. Okay, that's the second statement.
3: I understand the words. Let's take the worst case, holocaust. Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And? Right. When when you do God's will, and many, many of those people did God's will, and um, what it says is he, he may set aside the will of others before your will. They were obstructionists to your will to have Happiness, health, mm-hmm. prosperity, etc.
0: So, um, what I would like to do, because the Holocaust mm-hmm. is a, a very um, specific example, mm-hmm. um, I, li- I like to um, to look at, at at general, because it's you know, I I like 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 many people I'm sure in this room, I've had many 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 of my like ancestors that were killed, and it's like mm-hmm. a deeply personal issue. So it's really hard to approach a deeply personal emotional issue from a philosophical view point of view and we're talking on, only on, on philosophical grounds um, so that's why the reason why so many people have such a hard time dealing with the philosophical challenges of the holocaust is because they're not actually dealing with the philosophical challenges of the holocaust because the emotional and personal pain um, is so overwhelming um, it's so overwhelming that um, it's so overwhelming that the uh, that they can't possibly see a difference between the two. So let's take, for example, the tragedy of the temple being destroyed. Mm -hmm. Right? Jews are being sold as slaves. Mm -hmm. Right? So many of them are being sold as slaves, dispersed from their families, families being slaughtered. Right? That's a much easier thing to to think about. Okay. Right? Same (coughs) principle. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Same principle. Right. If you you step back... Mm and
0: Now we're sure that many of them were... Many of them were righteous Jews. Exactly. Okay. So that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. And it... The answer may be, um, the answer may be, um, the answer may be that yes, maybe indeed they were righteous Jews, mm-hmm. but but there are many righteous Jews that were killed here in the temple time, but there were also many Jews that were not living in a righteous fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, and maybe the righteous Jews didn't do enough to ensure that their brothers would also be righteous. Hmm? And the Talmud tells us in Shabbos 55a that in such a situation where you have two people, one of them is a righteous person, one of them is a wicked person, and the wicked person needs to be punished, but the righteous person should be totally righteous with one flaw, that he didn't help his wicked brother or his non-righteous brother to repent, and to become straight, not only will they both be punished, who is going to be punished first? The righteous the brother. Righteous brother. Mm-hmm. The, righteous, the righteous brother. So, yes, yeah, someone could be totally pious, um, but if there, there is any lacking of of responsibility for those that are not pious, um, then that, that alone could just totally shift... Um, Shift the blame. So not not only not only would the righteous brother uh, be punished, but he'll probably be punished first, and maybe <coughs> maybe with more with more aggression. That's point number one. <coughs> point number two, I think the way to understand the tragedies of the temple—remember that's what we're talking about—is um, that is that there's sometimes when we're judged as a community, we're judged as a community rather than individual, At, rather than rather as an individual. <coughs> when a community community is flawed a community as a whole and this is an important point which we'll see a little bit later on the idea of a community um, there's an entity called, called a community there's an entity called a community I I think this, it's nice to stress on this point because it pertains to what we're talking, we're talking about a little bit later we think of ourselves as a community as a collection of individuals so if you have you know a reliant stadium so there's 80,000 people right, right inside the stadium so there's 80,000 individuals in the stadium in, in, in Jewish philosophy, we look at a community or a group of people as a separate entity. Think of it as a third body, right? It's not just uh, it's not just the man and the woman, it's a third entity called them. It's not just the association of the two, it's actually a, a new entity. That's how we look at marriage, and that's how we look at our community. A community is not just a collection of individuals, but rather it is something unto its own. And if a community uh, is deemed, for whatever reason, for whatever reason is deemed to need to be, to, you know, to need to be treated in a, in a particular manner, then we don't look at individual righteousness. That, that, that that's not even viewed at all because we're not looking at individuals; we're looking at communities. I think that most certainly during the times of of the temple, it was a total chaos to 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 the Jewish community as a whole. It, it, think of, think about it. Jews were living in Israel for thirteen hundred years, and the center of Jewish activity, right, Jewish centralized leadership, was all in Israel, all in Jerusalem, <coughs> with the temple. Right, we had a king for many years, we had prophets for many years, we had Sanhedrin, for, and like that, boom, God, go destruction. Ahead. Right, exile. You are not in Israel for two thousand years, <laughs> and you know Israel was was for many of think of the, early of the year six hundred. And on to the year, I don't know, nineteenth, you know, to the nineteenth uh, century, barren of Jews. <clears throat> it was a verdict, a punishment that was given to the entire, the entire Jewish people. To not, not, it wasn't a bunch of individuals. The indiv- we're not we're, we don't look. Sometimes, sometimes the way God treats us is on a macro scale. It's not. It's not a collection of individuals. You could be totally righteous, not like, but you're not. We're not looking at you as an individual. So that's an idea. The idea of a community being treated as a community. So there's, a bet, there's, a, there's the there's there's the there's the there's good side of that. There's safety in numbers. Well, it's not just because there's safety in numbers. There's safety in a community, but also there's danger in, in a community. And if you're part of part of a community that's that that's a bad community, then it's uh, then you're treated as a member of the community. But like I said, this is something which is I don't I don't I don't think that it's uh, for sure it's proper for someone like me, you know, who's born in 1986 to even Try, I think it's disrespectful to people who went through the Holocaust and people whose families, immediate families, were impacted by the Holocaust. I, I, think, it's, I think it's wrong for me to even try to venture. I think it's, it's improper and it is insensitive for me to even venture a, um, a, a, you know, just even to dip my toe in the water to explain why the Holocaust happened. So that's why i generally refrain from doing it, A, because it's a deeply personal and emotional issue. And B, I don't don't I don't even think even on philosophical grounds, it's right or sensitive for me as someone who, while being associated indirectly, as in, you know, my wife's grandparent, you know, grand, grandfather lost his nine siblings in his whole town. And and I, I, from every side, all, all eight grandparents that my wife and I share all went through tremendous, tremendous uh, challenges, you know, families, parents, towns, right, wiped off the map. You know, all of them are from all from Europe. None of them are, you know, we're not A, none of us are eighth generation Americans. So it's, it's, while being indirectly impacted, it's still, I don't feel that it's right for me um, to even try to, you know, philosophically understand. That's why I think it's important to look at the, the idea totally philosophically. So that's what I wanted to say.
4: <clears throat> so... So if God was going to let um, let Sodom off the hook, if there were ten righteous individuals, there had to be more than ten righteous individuals at the time of the Temple's destruction. <laughs>
0: question. That is a good question. I, I think that the idea of, 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 of Sodom, ten, the ten individuals, that... Could it have saved the whole city? I don't know if, that, if that's true. Maybe it would have just saved the city, but not the people in the city. Um, but I do like your question, and um, and it's a valid question. I want to think about it. I don't have a, an answer right away. But uh, the venture and idea would maybe say uh, is that... Well, just a starting point to try and understand the, the answer to Ed's question. Uh, I would say that the idea of 10... Why 10? Where did the number 10 come from? Give me 10 people, right? You have ten, And he stopped at 10. Why did he stop at 10? He said 50. Maybe there's 50 righteous people. He needed a minion. What's the idea of a minion? What's the idea of a minion? It
1: come together as a group
0: to pray. A group. That's a group. That's a community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only a community could have saved stone. Sodom, right? Mm-hmm. Only idea of a totally righteous community could have overrided the uh, the um, uh, the morally deficient community.
1: But we were obviously being judged at a harsh standard compared.
0: We were probably more righteous by
1: these standards than what we understood the standards of the Romans were, how mm-hmm. much of the rest of the world.
0: What those times the temple? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but we're we're judging a much higher standard. That's what I am saying. And you know what? Look about it. Look, think about it this way: we're still here, the Romans are gone. I we're still here, and the and the Greeks are gone. So it's it's, it's and uh, uh, this oh, the is The bankrupt. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the Greeks today have nothing to do with the Greeks. We're descendants of the people who lived in Israel. Jews today are direct descendants. We could we could trace that back, right? There was never a time where ancient Egypt's gone, right? There, there's no more mamalukes around, right? Those people are all gone. There's no more ancient Greek or ancient Romans. People who live in Rome today aren't descendants or part of the same culture the same people as ancient Rome that was you know that was that, that was disbanded with the Byzantine Empire um and and on a philosophical um on a, it's a philosophical truth to say that the reason why we undergrow we as a people have traditionally been uh, targeted by anti-semitism in a, in a target traditionally but even today um, we've been the subject of so much uh, dis, uh, distaste from other people that is the secret of our of, of our of our continuity means specifically the exile and the holocaust and the inquisition and the expulsion right and uh, the pogrom, that that the anti-semitism that itself is the secret of of, 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 of our continuity so this is a hard idea to swallow because nobody likes pogrom or inquisition or mm-hmm. holocaust or expulsion, right? Or blood libel. Mm-hmm. or No one likes anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. But on a philosophical uh, level, there have been people and there have been, uh, it's a bona fide philosophical idea to say that this is the reason why we're still around. Anti-Semitism keeps us in check, keeps us as a people. It reminds us that we're not like the Goliath. We're different. They don't like us. We have to stay as a, as, as a group, as a community. We can't get assimilated. That, that's the way that the stand people. You, you know, you send them to different, a different land and they assimilate. And after, you know, after 10, after 10 or even 10, after four generations of living in America, um, the, the Irish are like any other Americans. They don't preserve any of, any of their culture. But us Jews because we're different, we're Jewish. So yes you might if, if you're in public school you might be made fun of as a Jew but that that maintains that, 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 that helps you maintain your identity as a Jew and you' and you're gonna raise your children Jewish. That, 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 that's another idea but um, not to get sidetracked mm-hmm. <sighs> So we had the two statements. So statement number one is adopt God's platform He'll adopt your God, your platform. Set aside your petty whims in front of his will. And what he'll do is set aside other people's petty whims in, in, in favor of, 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 of what you want. <clears throat> and now let's move on to Hillel. Now it's it's important to note that Hillel is a different author than the first two statements of our Mishnah, who the author was, Rav Namliyam. Right, Rabbi So Rabbi Eluva was actually a descendant of Hillel, but for whatever reason, the author of this book decided to put these two statements together, which is a very curious thing. What did Hillel say? And if you, if you, if if if, if we'll take a look, it's possible that uh, to break up Hillel's statement as being either three themes and then one one, or four themes and then one. Mm-hmm. To see Hillel says five separate ideas? And uh, the break the the breakdown of these ideas is 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 in questions. What the Hill say? It's
4: kind of like the First Commandment. Different people break it
0: up differently. Well, yeah, it's 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 kind of, yeah. That's why I, I like these two sheets that you have there. <laughs> well, okay, so Hill says. I think the first three things that Hill says are certainly one statement with one core idea. Separate not thyself from the community. You're part of a community. Don't be different than everyone else in the community neither trust thou in thyself, don't trust yourself, until the day you die. And the third thing that he says, and judge not thy fellow man until thou hast reached his place. Mm. So this adage that we're all familiar with, don't judge others until you're in their place or until you're in their shoes, mm-hmm. is 2,000 years old, even more than that. Habs of Hillel, you know, as documented by our Mishnah. Why am I saying that these three these three statements are really one idea? So, what are these three statements? Separate. Don't separate yourself from the community. Don't trust in yourself till the day you die. And judge. Don't judge someone else until you're in their place. These seems to be three separate statements mm-hmm. that have no correlation with each other. I don't understand statement number two. Statement number two. Um, don't trust in yourself till you die. Well, let, let's let's explain that in a basic. Way don't be sure that I'm righteous now and I'll always be righteous. Until the day you die, you're not sure that you're, not sure that you're actually righteous. Mm. And the example the example was brought uh, in the commentaries that there's one of, there was a Kohen Gadol, right? The high priest, right? The holiest man in the, in the Jewish people who served in that office for 80 years. So he was really holy for a really long time. But towards the end of his life, he rejected God. I mean, it's possible for someone to have a a a a uh, to be pious today, but tomorrow be a heathen. Tomorrow, just reject God in you know entirely. It's possible, and don't be sure of yourself till the day you die. You can't be sure that that your standing that you have today, your spiritual standing, is going to be maintained like this forever.
4: And can that, that can work in the reverse too. You can be kind of bad most of your life.
0: Exactly as the Gemara says in the Zara, right? Famous Gemara that that, that person could have, in, in the last thing his life to accomplish and just change everything. Right? If you die, a righteous person, <coughs> we don't look at, at at your past iniquities. Right? That's the idea of Chuba, the idea of repentance. That in, in with one decision I could just switch um, um, years and years of, of, of misconduct.
3: Yeah, but that's why you have to be good. Every day,
0: because you don't know when it's coming. Exactly. That's exactly, that's, that's exactly what the second statement saying. Okay. Don't be sure. Don't don't take your foot off the don't don't put in cruise control and say I'm good. I'm good where I am, and I'll stay like this forever. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to always make sure that you're improving. You always always make sure that, you, that you're righteous, because you never you're never sure that you'll stay you'll you, that you'll stay righteous mm-hmm. until you're dead. Mm-hmm. And last thing, judge not thy fellow man until you have reached his place. So what is um, what is these what, what what is the connection between these three statements? So three statements, let's repeat them one more time quickly. Don't be different than the community, don't be sure of yourself till the day you die, and don't judge others until you're in their in their foot in in, in their until you've worth a mile in their in their shoes or until uh, right until you reach their place. Uh, so I, I think that um, I think that these three statements are really one idea. And that is don't call attention to yourself and say, look at me, I'm righteous why the second you do that what you're doing is you're saying i want to be judged as an individual you're also narcissistic well yeah that's that, that's also true but what you're saying is that i i alone yeah. have the ability to withstand trial as a righteous person <laughs> what we want to do is stand trial as a community. We want to stand trial as a community. We want to be part of the of, of, of that 80,000 people. <clears throat> I don't feel comfortable, or this is the proper attitude, I should not feel comfortable in my own righteousness to say that I'm confident enough to face trial, to be examined, to be examined with a microscope. I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to separate myself from the community. I'm not going to say, oh, I don't need the community. I don't need the shade or the, the the protection of the community. I alone, based on my own merit, can withstand trial. Hill says, no, 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 no. Don't separate yourself from the community.
3: Well, the other thing is righteousness. <clears throat> uh, if you look at how it's defined, and I don't know exactly how it's defined in this case, but I would think that it involves community because you can't be righteous just by being encased in yourself. Usually implies some kind of action and interaction, attitude, etc. So it would be impossible to be
0: righteous and not be somehow connected mm-hmm. to it. Seems,
1: seems to deal with a sense okay. of humility.
0: Well, that's up. what that's what Betty, Betty brought up. And, and to mm-hmm. me, I
1: remember I think the time I was here before. We talked about the fact that God said, "Why is Moses my leader? Because he's the most humble man I ever knew." Mm. And, uh, there seems to be a lot of this emphasis on humility right by God.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with your point. I do agree with your point as well. But I want to say, and I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I'm saying it. I'll let you in on the secrets. Because the Talmud says a very strange statement, so strange that unless you understand the key, which I got from my teachers, unless you understand the key, it's totally perplexing. If someone uh, sees, this is what it says, I'm, I'm going to say it the way it says it. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. If someone sees semen, on young killer, he's gonna die that year. And if he doesn't die, he's a very, very pious man. That's what it says. I did not sure for it. That's what it says. I'll repeat it. Should I repeat it? Or it was, did, it, did it make that impact? Yeah, that's what it says. Now, that's, and if you read that and you don't understand the key to understanding it, hmm? you don't understand the key to understanding it, right? It's totally strange. It looks like it's a typo, right? Someone sees semen on Yom Kippur, he's going to die that year. But if he doesn't die, then he's a perfect tzaddik. He's a perfect righteous person. So this is a very strange statement. Until I saw what my grandfather wrote in it. And he says like this. What is everyone doing on Yom Kippur? Everyone's fasting. right? What's everyone doing on Yom Kippur? Everyone's refraining from drinking. What is everyone else doing on Yom Kippur? We know that we are that we're, that we're prohibited from sexual activity on Yom Kippur the entire community is refraining, abstaining from physical pleasure. And this guy sees semen on Yom Kippur. This guy is saying, I am not part of the community that's abstaining from pleasure. I'm indulging in pleasure. What's he saying? I don't want the protective custody of the community. So he's probably going to die because most people don't have enough, are righteous on their own merits to actually withstand trial on Yom Kippur. If he didn't die, if he survived the whole year, then he knows he's a perfect son. Then he knows he was able to withstand trial on his own merit. I.e., so th- this is this is why I translated that statement that way. Being part of community means you have the protective custody of the community, and Hill is telling us: don't separate yourself from the community because then you don't have the protective custody of the community. Then you're treated as an individual. And, Hill, and, and, and the theme of Hill's idea is, don't rely on your own merits. Don't say, I'm good enough today, and I'll be good enough forever. Because you know what? Everything can change before you die. And don't say, oh, look at that person. Right? The third statement of Hill: Look at that person. That person sinned. I'm going to judge that person who sinned. Because when you're saying that, you're implying, you're implying that if I was in his shoes, I would not have sinned. And you're, again, you're calling attention to your own merits. Hill is saying really one idea in these three statements, and that idea is: don't call attention to your own merits. Instead, be reliant on the community. I'm not going to survive by myself. Instead, don't, I'm not going to trust to myself that, are, that I'm pious now. I'm going to stay pious forever. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I'm not going to call attention to the iniquities, to the shortcomings of others, and thereby implying that I am meritorious, I am pious, and I would not have that shortcoming. Because then, once again, you're highlighting your own piousness.
3: Yeah, but isn't it your responsibility to make that other guy more pious?
0: Yeah, that, that may be true. That may be true, but you would still in your heart believe that if it was me, I would have failed. I wouldn't have need to have anybody. If I was in his shoes, I would have failed also. Mm. (coughs) (coughs) Don't say, oh, look at him. At me, I would have I would have I would have passed that test with flying colours. Because the second you're doing that, what you're doing, you're highlighting your own your own your own piousness. You're highlighting your own merits. So these three theme statements that seem totally uncorrelated are really saying one idea. Now, what about the last two themes that Hill says? <clears throat> and say not, and say not a theme that cannot be heard, for in the end it will be heard. Now this is a this, this is also. Totally perplexing. What does that I mean? Don't
1: gossip. Gossip? Saying, Tell stories? You're saying something about
0: somebody might be negative. So that is what the, the Rambam says. Maimonides mm-hmm. says exactly. I can believe it was Ramonides it was Rashi. Mm-hmm. No, it was Rashi. Very good. But the Marathon and Maral. Maral says something. So this mm-hmm. is why I had I, I wasn't sure. Was it a totally separate idea? Or or was it a continuation of the first three things that Hillel says? <coughs> so Rashi is what you're saying. That don't, I, shouldn't share, I shouldn't share something and, and, and say, oh, no one will ever find out about it. Because you know what? People will find out about it. It will be heard. That's what he says. And <clears throat> he says other, other ideas, which are totally uncorrelated to the previous three st- statements that I found in the commentaries. You find other statements that are totally not, uh, nothing not to do with what Hill said. And then I found the ma'aral. What, what does the ma'aral say? He gives an example. <clears throat> he gives a story, an allegory, a parable. Don't say a thing that cannot be heard, for in the end it will be heard. Someone's enormously wealthy. Don't say, "Need to lose all my money? It can never happen. Don't say that, because it can happen. Don't say, oh, this, this thing will never be heard, because it will be heard. It could very well happen that you'll lose all your money. That is the muscle. That is the parable. What is... How can this be a continuation of Hill's three statements? Don't say, "Me, I'm so pious. I'll never lose my piousness. I'll never lose my piety." You know why? Because you may lose. It can be heard, and you know what? It's happened before. And that's why I gave you all two sheets, because it may be that this uh, this statement of saying not a thing that cannot be heard, for in the end it will be heard. It could be that it's a continuation of what Hill said. Right? It could it could be that it's 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 just a fourth statement all in the same vein, all in the same theme of 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 do not rely on your own piety and think that oh you'll never lose it, because you ha- you could lose it. It could happen. We've heard of those things before. Or it could mean like uh it, it can mean like um gosh, I forgot your name, I apologize. Carl. It could be like what Carl said with the K or with the C. C. With a C. It could be like what Carl said. That is, you know, it could be a totally unrelated lesson Mm -hmm. of don't say, don't say, don't say, don't say, don't say something and expect no one to hear of it. Because, you know, people will hear about it and they'll come back to bite you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why. I think of this in a slightly different way when
1: it says, uh, and say not a thing that cannot be heard. I think
3: the things you say to yourself. Mm. And if you truly say them and believe them and think them, it's going to show up. Some form or another. So, even though it's silent, it is going to be
0: heard. I like that. I Means, or, or, or conversely, we could say that that as a teacher, as a pedagogue, or as a parent, don't think that the influence that you give over to your child not being heard, he's totally ignoring it. Does it really it does affect him, maybe on the on the unconscious, the subconscious, or, or later 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 down, you know, later down the line. Yeah, I like that idea very well. I like that idea, Luis. Remember that idea? Pet our dog. So I remember my ideas. This is like my notes.
3: You <coughs> know, so did not it also refer to lying? Hmm.
0: That don't say I think it can't be heard. For then it will be heard. How would that? Yeah. How would that imply lying?
3: Well, even if you, <coughs> even if you think a lie, I, I'm kind of thinking <coughs> along the same lines as Louise. If you think a lie or you imply a lie even if you don't actually say the lie, then eventually it will come back to bite you. Hmm.
0: Okay, that's, that's, that's also, like, it could be it's a totally random idea. Mm-hmm. So we say, this, this, this is, this is, this, there's many different facets. We said there's 70 facets of the Torah, and there's, there's multiple ideas, and you open up the commentaries, and everyone all I looked was three or four commentaries, but those are my go-to commentaries. Uh, but there's, there's many, 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 many comments. There's probably thousands of commentaries written on this. And there's room for you to say whatever you want. That's the idea of Torah. The, Torah. the Torah is there's room for everyone to, you know, to develop their own ideas. And similarly,
4: what I'm doing here is also developing my ideas. I mean, <coughs> this is so true today with kids texting things. Mm. Yeah. Text something in private to one of their friends and then it goes viral. And yeah. Yeah, don't think. Yeah, that, 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 that's what, like, what Carl said. And that,
0: I tell you, that's what Rashi says. Rashi says, Rashi, the, one the the greatest of all commentators. He says, "Don't say that. Oh, you, you know, um, uh, someone told me this about you, but don't tell him." It's like what? And he's like, "I can't believe you said this about me." You know, these these, these things going in, in triangles, right? Because don't say, "Oh, I, I can rely on him not revealing the secret to someone else uh, because eventually it will be revealed." Yes, <clears throat> it could be a totally uh, unrelated. Um, like I said, there's room there's room for. And what's the last statement? <clears throat> say not, don't say, when I shall have leisure, when I have the free time, I'll study. Perhaps you won't have any free time. Perhaps you won't have any free time. People say, oh, what do you mean I'm busy now? I'm raising a family. I'm a career. When is your time to go to Torah study? Right? That's what people say. Uh, you know, when I want to have time when I'm retired. Or when, you know, when you know when I'm when I'm not busy. You know, and that time actually never comes. Because there's never a time where someone's actually retired because when you retire, there's actually you know that there's other things, there's health care, and there's grandkids, and you know, and then there's the golf, and you know, and eventually there's no time. If 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 you're not doing it today with your challenge you have today, you'll never do it. You'll never study. You'll never you'll never you'll, you'll, you'll never you'll never take that personal um, jump in, in in growth that that you really need in your life. So it seems like. I'm going to go with, with the, the four statements of Hillel being one statement. Yeah? Just for the, for, the, for the purposes of trying to tie this whole Mishnah together. We've seen, in our Mishnah, we've seen, it seems like three distinct ideas. Idea number one, as characterized in the first two sentences, was, a person should make his God's priority his priority, and cast aside his petty whims in the face of God's of God's or God's will, so if God wants something, I want it. If God wants something, what I want moves to the side. <clears throat> and if you do that, it's great because God will give you what you want, and God will make sure that other people don't get in the way, don't obstruct your 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 your, your what you want to accomplish. That's that's idea number one, as characterized by the first two statements. Mm-hmm. Idea number two, as characterized by the next four statements, seems to be a totally unrelated idea it's a totally un- it's it's that of me not calling attention to my successes of me not highlighting my piety of me not being comfortable being judged as an individual totally unrelated what does that have to do what does this have to do with me accepting god's uh, will as my own will seems like a totally unrelated idea and the third statement as characterized by the last sentence a third, totally, wholly, unrelated sentence. And that is an admonition to study, to study Torah, to grow, to, to, to take time for personal growth. Why? Because if you don't do it now, you'll never do it. you'll never do it, you'll never do it. Could these three, what is the theme of our Mishnah? Remember, the people who compiled these words were inordinately intelligent. Inordinately intelligent, supreme intellects, and it's not possible that three random ideas that all have merit, or all are, 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 are that are all that are all um, true on their own right, but have nothing to do with each other, would be just hodgepodge together in one mishnah. It's not possible. It's not possible. So how could it be? How could we understand? The, uh, the this eclectic mix of three different themes in one mission. What is up with that?
1: I look at it as God, being told you need to have humility because there's something greater than yourself but that is God and to know what God wants us to study.
0: Okay, so w- w- walk me through this. Um, First statement is make his priorities world priorities and to me it's always the
1: recognition that no matter what you think of yourself
0: for something much greater than yourself okay that be will humble needs to be known and that will comes through study that the major part of the hill, to me is the same
1: thing at the end of the day <clears throat> um, there's a sense of humility that you have
0: to realize that you don't have all the answers i, I actually like that a lot i think it might be even better than what i want to say <laughs> what you're saying like this hey what you want not so important what God wants more important you're not that special that's that's, that's then, right. You adopt God's will. It's more important than your will. Number two, number two is um, is don't highlight your own successes. Don't be arrogant. Be humble. And statement number three, also be humble, right? Also, know that there's more to learn, and it's imperative of you to learn. I really, really like that, Carl. Mm-hmm. It may be better than what I have to say, or I had prepared to say when I had mm-hmm. thought about it. But there's room for I want to say also. But I really, I really like that. I really, I really like that. There's that. There's there's a one stream going through these three themes, and that is the idea of humility. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And uh, maybe we could say that if, um, if um, y- your interpretation, Carl, of saying out a thing that cannot be heard, for in the end it will be heard, that maybe there's really four things said in the mission. There's four things, theme- but also uh, the idea of humility. Don't, don't, don't share with others what you don't want to be known to. Ever. So there's there, there there is a hint of humility in that statement. I like that a lot. Anybody has any, any other ways to tie to tie this to, to string the different asp the different themes of the mission together? I'm, I'm I like that. I like it a lot. Carl. I'm going yeah. cool with Carl. I'm going cool with Carl too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let me tell you what I thought. And I, I, I may be, I may be, I may be. Remember, there's room for everyone to say what they want to say, uh, what they think. I I, I think that the um, we said the first the first first theme of the Mishnah, priorities. Right? You're a human. Are you an individual? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you an Yes, you're an individual. What is your responsibility as, a, as an individual? What's your identity as an individual? Your identity as an individual should be To do God's will. To do God's will. Mm-hmm. You have a platform, right? What's my identity? What's the proper identity for my platform? God's platform. Right. What about if there's a conflict between what I want and what God wants? What set aside my what I want, because mm-hmm. what, what God wants is what I sh- really should want. Right? Who am I as an individual? That's theme number one. Theme number two, I'm not just an individual, I'm also I'm part a of a community. Community. part of a community. A part of a community, and 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 I don't look at myself solely as an individual, and especially I don't I don't treat myself I don't I don't highlight my own successes. In fact, all I want to be is judged as part of a community. You humble, huh? You humble. You're humble, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that but that's what that's like what Carl said. But no, but think of who am I? Who am I? I'm am an individual, but also I'm part of a, of a community, and we say, we said a community is part. It, it has its own its own. Its own, uh, it's own identity. So I have my individual, and I have a member of a community identity. Oh, so what's the last thing?
3: Wait a minute. But the community shouldn't have an identity because it's part of, the, of another larger. community, of a larger community, which is part of the larger community.
0: What do you mean, like city, state, country, universe? Well, that- you,
3: take, you take your particular little village...
0: In Jerusalem, I'm so you're you're asking where do we where's what's the cutoff point for for community? There isn't. That's what I'm saying. That's an interesting. That's an interesting point. But, mm-hmm. Oh, so whatever it is, wherever we're making the cutoff point of my community, but I'm mm-hmm. part of that, mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I'm not an individual, right? Mm-hmm. From the we look at me as part of the community. All I am is you know is is you know is a brick in the building, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not judging as an individual, and I, I don't view myself as an individual. Mm-hmm.
4: Plus, which one person has several identities depending on what who he's interacting with? Um, so, a lot of people, um, my daughter's father, mm-hmm. or my wife's husband, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, somebody it, else's boss,
0: right? But those are all individual relationships. So you have you have your individual relationships, but who are you? Forget about other people. Who are you? How do you view yourself? You view yourself as Ed, right? What is Ed? as an individual? And what's as responsibilities?
4: Right? You have to have priorities. Yeah, well, what are your
0: priorities? What God wants. That's well, more important. Well,
4: it depends where I am that I identify myself. Mm-hmm. I could be someplace It's say, like, oh, I'm Natalie's father. You
3: know? mm-hmm. So you're saying your community yeah. and your responsibilities yeah.
0: change with... No, but remember, in your example, in your scenario, you encounter other people. Sometimes you're all alone. And sometimes we're judged... And we view ourselves as a total individual. With no one else in the world. It's just you, right? And you're 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 an individual. It's just you. It's just you. Right. And you have responsibilities and priorities. And and and, and, and there's something you know there's something that you need to do that no one else will do. And you can't rely on anyone else to do what you, what your responsibilities are because you're an individual with your own with your own responsibilities. and you you up. You're what's called olam katan. You're a small world that's just it. As we know that uh, our mission says that every one person is equal to the whole world because every individual is a whole world. Hmm. So there is there is an idea of you have an identity it's just you, unrelated to anyone else in the world. It's not a relationship thing; it's an identity thing. On the other hand, it's equally true you're part of a community, and you don't get. You know, from the community standpoint, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't say, oh, I'm different the community. I'm separate from the community. Look at me. Look what I did. Look what he did, right? We're, we, 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 we are a united community. The word united community is bad because united implies that there's different parts. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the identity, it's, it's one thing. So much so that the, the, the Talmud or Shami says something awfully strange. Well, it could sound awfully strange. Well, it's talking about Revenge. Mm-hmm. Why? Why uh, you ought not to seek revenge? And it says that uh, revenge is similar, hmm? similar to someone who's uh, who's uh, cutting wheat with a sickle. Right? He used to cut wheat with with these uh, these uh, mm-hmm. question mark the shaped knives yes. called sickles, and you're really sharp cutting wheat, and by mistake your right hand chopped off your left hand. Terrible, and miserable. Says that. Yerushalmi says, says the Jerusalem Talmud. It says, "Revenge is akin; it's similar to the left hand, the severed left hand, picking up the sickle. So angry, chop it off the right hand. Hmm. That's what revenge is like. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so if someone does bad to you, it's as silly as a left hand chopping, chopping off the right, off hand. The right that, hand. That's what the mission. That's what the Talmud, the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud says. Why?" And what's implied in this is that two people are not two distinct entities. They're part of one whole, they're part of a community. And you have to view yourself as part of community, as not an individual, as part of a united. The word united means that we're separate, but we're together for a certain purpose. It's not just 80,000 people. It's one entity. That's the, second, the theme of the second part of the Mishnah. And I think that maybe we could say that the last part of the Mishnah, what does it say? When I shall have leisure... Don't say don't. You shouldn't say the following statement. When I have leisure, I'll study. Perhaps that will not have leisure. It may never happen. Mm. Now, the term leisure is actually not what it says in the Mishnah, because this is a translation. Hmm? It's a translation. Mm. What it says in the Mishnah is, Kishyefne, when I shall become available. The term efne implies that someone's doing something else. Mm-hmm. And when I become available... Then I'll study. Leisure, that's why it's not, it's not the best of translations. It says, Kishefne eshne. Which means, When I become available, I'll study. When I get around to it. Now when I get around to it. What, that, that's more like leisure. Mm-hmm. When I come available, I'm busy now.
4: When I, when I have time for
0: it. No, it's, what's implied is that I'm busy right now.
3: Well, when I say when I get around <clears throat> to it, it's when I Once choose you- to make time to study.
0: Right, but what are you doing right now? I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And when I become available, I'll yeah, study. but I may not be busy. Right, but the, the wording of the Mishnah is, I'm busy now, mm-hmm. but I'll become not busy. And when I become not busy, then I'll study. Maybe we could say like this. The third part of the Mishnah is trying to tell us, you have an identity as an individual. You have an identity as a member of a community. Mm-hmm. What about if there's a conflict? Which one, of the, which one of those identities is more important? Is it more important for me? To be, to focus on my individual growth, or to try to bolster community. Community, probably community. The way it's coming out,
3: not necessarily, but because if you, I think, I think
0: perhaps, I think perhaps, what it's saying is like this: my ultimate responsibility Mm -hmm. is to myself. Mm -hmm. My ultimate responsibility. Yes, indeed, I am a part of community, Mm -hmm. right? I am a part of the community. And the community is very, very, very important. But what came first in the Mishnah? Who are you as an individual? That's more important. If there is a conflict, it means kisha efnet. whatever come available? I am busy now. What am I busy with? It's possible I am busy with very, very good things. I am not wasting my time. I am not studying. I am not focusing on my own growth, on my individual growth. But, but it's not because I am wasting time. I am very busy. What am I busy with? <clears throat> community building things.
4: Was it Hillel who said? If, if I'm not for myself, what, who will why?
2: be? Yeah. And if I'm only for myself... Oh, this is you... Hillel. This is the same person. Yeah. This, this is it right here. The Perkaya vote. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? See, great mind single word. If I am only for myself, what am I? If not now, when? Mm-hmm. Hillel. I a, carry this, this is the, the This is the same, same person. Yes, that's what this is. It's okay. the
0: same person. It might be the same idea. It's like
2: that? It's, it's the same idea. <laughs>
0: But I think what he's saying like this I could be very, very busy with my identity as, as a member of the community. I'm very busy now it's not I'm wasting my time and I'm not studying. I'm very busy. what am I busy with community building uh, activities right I'm focusing on helping others. I'm focusing on, on you know on, on, on loving kindness right? I'm doing really good things but if I am doing that am I ignoring I'm ignoring. My own personal growth, I'm growing my individual growth, that's bad. I.e., we have, to, we have two identities and we have responsibilities with each one of these identities. But, what a, but what a, is it fair for me to say that I'm going to ignore my own personal growth and just focus on? No. If you have to do only one, if you have to do only one, make sure that you do not neglect your own growth. You could be very, very busy and annoyed, and you'll say, "Oh, when I finish, when I finish dealing with all the responsibilities that I have in the community, then I'll grow personally." It may never happen.
2: Anything. You know, I, 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 <clears throat> I think this, this is establishing three levels of responsibility that any person has, uh, and then further goes on to elaborate a little bit. But it's person has a responsibility to God, a responsibility to his community, and a responsibility. To himself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And neither uh, and, and, and if you don't find that balance, then you're not a whole person and you're not living a good life, a righteous life.
0: Almost like a three-legged stool.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you what you just did is you
0: turned the whole Mishnah. I like I like what you said. Brilliant things. Brilliant. It's amazing what we got here. It's amazing. Well, I should have. I, I would have driven shalom, I would have <laughs> driven from New York City just to hear these amazing pearls of, of Torah wisdom that, that came out of this discussion tonight. What you said is, I believe, one hundred percent true. Right? You said is that there's a string going through this Mishnah, and this, and this string is humility. humility, humility one, humility two, humility three. What you're saying is, no, 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 no. It's relationships, and there's three kinds of relationships. You have a relationship with God, you have a relationship with other people, you have a relationship with yourself. And this mission is one, two, three. I like that. And what I'm saying is more of an identity idea. Identity. Who are you? You're an individual. Who are you? You're a member of the community. Make sure you don't neglect your individuality. Amazing stuff. Oh, I, this is. I'm having I'm having a a a, a, a moment of, of Torah ecstasy.
4: <laughs> Amazing. See, this is if, if you neglect your own growth, what good are you going to be to the community? What
0: contribution can you make? Well, that well that that may be true. Yeah, that may that may be. What's implied is that yes, you it, well, there, it, there's a pragmatic aspect. What you're saying is that well, if, if you're you're not growing personally, it's sort of like the uh, someone once what uh, one of the great rabbis he he said that. Uh, uh, like leadership means it's sort of he gave the illustration of a cup, and the cup you pour in the cup and the cup overflows when you when it, when you reach the point it means, you you you're just focusing on yourself and once you just you, you build yourself build yourself build yourself and that'll overflow to, to you know and to, and that that will actually feed the, the 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 community.
3: But in reverse, if you concentrate only on yourself and ignore the community.
0: In the community and that's
2: what he'll say. Yeah, that's, that's what, what he'll
0: say. I right? If I'm not, but what did he say first? If I'm not for myself, oh, you know, who will okay. <laughs> <laughs> be hmm. amazing? Right? If I'm not for myself, who will be for me? First, I have to do a photo for myself, but if I'm just for myself, what am I worth? Whatever, and if not now, what when hmm. amazing. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I am uh, thoroughly delighted that I was able to uh, join y'all tonight. I had a tremendous, tremendous pleasure. Good. Hope to do it sometime in the future. Now, next week we have the holiday of of Shavuos. Mm -hmm. Shavuos is um, obviously the time we got the Torah, Mm -hmm. so the fact that we're studying Torah now is uh, is 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 very significant. And um, so next uh, we Tuesday uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday. And in Thursday, right? So Wednesday and Thursday, um, there's a, there's a Jewish custom to stay up the whole night. Y'all heard of that custom? Mm-hmm. We, Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, y'all done that before? We did, we
0: did in that Israel. in Israel. Oh. Uh,
2: we we stayed up all night and studied. It was at at, at the Union, uh, or at the Hebrew Union College. And then we uh, at sunrise we went down to the wall, streaming in with thousands of other people yeah. from all directions. Yes. And that
0: was so exciting. Yeah. Um, so what I'll tell you is two things.